Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Now, here's your host, Paul Moyer and Michael Bumpus. Michael Bumpus and Dave Wyman here. Hawks Live from VMAC every Thursday at 7 on 710 ESPN. Dave, should the people or should the Hawks let Russ Finally cooked, and what does that mean? I think we have, like, three definitions for let Russ cook. Tell me what it means to you, and then I'll tell you what it means to me. When you said people, it's because Jim calls them the cooking people. <laughs> the co- <laughs> so exactly. That, that got stuck. <laughs> uh, it, this annoys me. It really does, just because, look, I don't think it's ever going to change the formula. And so I did a big breakdown of, you know, Russ when he passes 25 times or less, and – 26 plus and it was pretty remarkable how the win percentage went down when he's throwing more now i know that you know when you're behind you're going to throw more so that kind of skews the number but still i feel like the the games where russ is like 19 for 25 which is amazing yeah and two touchdowns and no interceptions i mean those are usually the the best performances and the best wins so it's just not what this team is about though so i mean but look can russ you know they're letting him cook in some you know to some degree (laughs) because like think about last year the the rams game the throw to tyler lockett yeah i mean that's the kind of thing that they actually you know they embrace that They're, they're like look you know, there's gonna the pass rush is gonna break us down sometimes, and so Russ has to go on the move. And he, you know, he they practice. They I remember Pete saying they want to be the best scrambling team in the NFL, and that was a perfect example of just a beautiful throw. I don't think anybody else can make that throw. You know, you can talk about Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson, you know, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I just think he's the best at making these ad lib plays, and so that's kind of what Russell's about. So I just don't see where, first of all, it's a winning form formula of how they run the ball. And then I think Russ is just a perfect complement of he's a great play-action pass guy. Yep. I would say he's the best. when I played, it was Boomer Esiason. It was really difficult to tell if they handed the ball off or not. And I think Russ is the best modern-day play-action pass guy. So with the tight ends and everything and then a, the really good running game, that's really going to help Russ, but I just think that's who he is. Now, you guys just uh, – you and NASA were talking during the break there about if you ran all of those plays that Kansas City is running and did mm-hmm. all that, could Russ make those throws? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he could. But I, I just don't think that's the formula for this team. And when people want to, you know, try to put a different kind of offense, a different kind of thing. And, and by the way, even the national people are saying that. And these are the same national people that, like, five years ago said he was too short. Yep. So, you know, that now all of a sudden everybody's paying attention and there's a lot more scrutiny. We heard a, a national analyst say that um, the Seahawks are actively subverting him meaning, you know, not getting him the weapons that he needs. And, like, why would you do that? The, the Seahawks have known what people are just figuring out now. Yeah. And some of us fans have known this for a long time. So instead of let Russell cook, I would just say leave Russell alone. <laughs> leave him alone. <laughs> you, make, you make a good point. Let Russ cook. Can he do what Patrick Mahomes is doing? I think he can. But let Russ cook in his own kitchen. Right. His kitchen isn't the brand new 2019 home that's being built 
at Newcastle. You know, his kitchen's more like my grandma's kitchen with the old pots and pans. Like, it's not it's not going to look all sexy and is cute. Is there a garbage disposal? There's a garbage disposal there. There's, no, there's a, a compactor, you know, an old school go. compactor in there. You know, that's that's my vision of letting Russ cook. Russ, let Russ cook. Let him cook in his own way. Okay. And in this offense, to me, it means doing what you mentioned, the scramble plays. Right, letting him because a lot of guys don't have the green light to do what Russell does. A lot of guys, the coach is going to tell you, you get outside the pocket, you read your backside. If it's not there, you get out of bounds, you throw it away. That's not the way he's coached, right? It's you get outside the pocket, nothing's there. Okay, go be special. Go be special. Go make something happen. Go cook. That's my version of letting Russ cook. And what people don't realize is for the first nine seasons when it comes to wins, all-time quarterbacks, Russell is fourth on the list. But 86 wins within the first nine seasons, he's only played eight. So he has one more season to play, and he's going to pass Peyton Manning at the top with 92 wins. Russell has 86 wins. That lets me know he's been cooking. You don't cook without a good chef, and yeah. Russ is the chef, right? That's a great uh, comparison, the way, the way you put that. And, and the other thing, too, is you mentioned this, you know, Russ is fourth on this list. Look at the company that he keeps. Yeah. And, by the way, you have to keep in mind way less attempts. I mean, there there's a there was a uh, there's a stat every week that we that we look at, and it's like number of seasons with three thousand plus yards passing, number of seasons with this many touchdowns, number of seasons with this few interceptions, and and you look at the the numbers like the pass attempts. Peyton Manning threw it like ten times more per game. Yeah. So I mean, Russ on some of these things, he's doing it so much more efficiently. So. But I think it's a great point. Like, that's Russell's kitchen yep. is the ability. Because you're right, they shut down other quarterbacks. Other quarterbacks can't do that. Aaron Rodgers can't do that. Nope. You know, I mean, he's okay at it. But, you know, and maybe Mahomes. But I would still say, you know, other than Lamar Jackson, you know, maybe maybe Deshaun Watson. But, you know, the other quarterbacks that are in this in this category, they can't do those kinds of things. And I think Russ gets the green light on those things. So, I, I think what needs to happen probably is, you know, for, for Russell to – I think the offense will continue more and more every year to flow through him. You know, and it's like he's almost like an offensive coordinator. And Schottenheimer and him are working together on that. And I think, you know, and going up-tempo sometimes, you know. I, I would say this to the up-tempo people too. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you end up getting in not a great situation. You know, if you take the whole clock, it's going to, you know, you're allowed to get good matchups in there and maybe get a mismatch, also motion and things like that. So those kinds of things can sometimes be a detriment to your offense. So I just, I would just say, like I said, leave (laughs) Russell alone. (laughs) Leave him alone. All right, are you ready? I I got some more wordplay. Okay, so let Russ cook, right? Yes. Now he's got more ingredients to cook this year. There we go. He's got Greg Olson. He's got Philip Dorsett. Josh Gordon's going to be back. He's got a new offensive line. So I think people just need to realize what it looks like when Russell does his thing. He, this is an offense that works. This is a organization that has had success over the past 10 years. Why would you switch it up now? Now, I think they'll open up the playbook a bit, especially when Josh Gordon gets there. You got Will Disley's going to be back, Greg Olson. You add uh, Carlos Hyde. So he's got some weapons to work with. I'm excited to see what he does. Now, let's look at some more stats. Most games with four touchdown passes and one or fewer interceptions in the first nine seasons, Russell Wilson is on that list. 
He's got 10 of those games, and he's only played eight seasons. So he has one more season to play to try to beat Peyton Manning, who's at the top of that list with 13, Aaron Rodgers with 12, Dan Marino with 10. So yeah. he's on pace to to do exactly to be a great quarterback. Right. And it just doesn't it just doesn't look like Patrick Mahomes. I think that's what people are kind of getting caught up on right now. Yeah, well, totally. And And this is, I mean, again, look at the company he keeps. Dan Marino, Donovan McNabb, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Brett Favre. I mean, you know, Andrew Luck while he was good. But, I mean, Johnny Unitas is even in here on this list. So, <laughs> Johnny U. Uh, by the way, I think you sit around thinking way too much about the, the cooking thing. <laughs> you got your grandma's kitchen in grandma's there. Grandma's kitchen. And now you're talking about ingredients? Ingredients. I like that, though. That's It's it's true. And, you know, I think you, you're getting in some really good targets. I, I feel like. The one guy I'm really rooting for, just to stay healthy, just stay healthy, Will Disley. If he can just stay healthy, and I know we've been talking a lot about Greg Olson, but yeah, I think, you know, early on it didn't look like he was going to get all of the targets and everything, or uh, uh, receivers and that that he really wanted, but it all of a sudden is starting to come together that Russ has plenty of people to throw the ball to. Yep, yes he does, and we'll see it. All right, coming up next, we'll go inside the film room and take a deeper look at the Falcons and see who the Seahawks need to stop to be 1-0. That's around the corner on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. That's right, you're listening to Hawks Live. I'm Michael Bumpus along with Dave Wyman. Every Thursday, we're here on 710 ESPN at VMAC. All right, so now we're going inside the film room. This is where a lot of coaches spend time, a lot of players. If you really love the game, you dissect your opponent, and that's exactly what Pete Carroll and the gang did this week to get ready for the Atlanta Falcons. How do you stop Julio Jones? I mean, this guy had 10 catches for 154 yards against the Hawks last year. He's had six straight seasons with over 80 catches and 1,300 yards. I think you can only hope to contain him. Here's a clip of what he did last year. Schaub with the play fake, deep in his own territory, hit as he throws, but Jones makes the catch and breaks a tackle on the near sideline all the way out to the 35-yard line. It's going to take more than one to bring him down, and that time he picked up 25. The Falcons were under their own goalposts, and they get out of there in a hurry. Now, play-action comebacks are big in this Atlanta offense. That's why I think the addition of Todd Gurley is going to be great because it's really going to sell the play-action even more. What do you do to stop a guy like Julio, Julio Jones Day? Well, I think you got to double him. And, you know, it's kind of interesting when we talked to Orlando uh, Ledbetter from uh, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He was talking about how, you know, yeah, he doesn't catch a lot of passes in the red zone or touchdowns because everybody's doubling him. And so the other receiver always ends up kind of, you know, getting, getting those throws. But, you know, I, I just remember every week with, let's say you're going to run – cover you know you're going to run cover one which is man-to-man coverage you've got a free safety deep there's always a guy that you keep your eye on like who do i need to help and you know you need to help the guy who's who's covering julio jones so (laughs) that that's you know probably what you do but i I feel like he's just going to get his numbers you just try to minimize them as as much as you can but it'll be really uh that's going to be a great matchup to watch Whoever is playing, whether it's Trey Flowers or Quentin Dunbar or Shaquille Griffin or, you know, maybe one of the safeties because, you know, Julio Jones is he's one of those special players. I mean, you look at he's six threes, 220 pounds. Receivers are the most ridiculous athletes in the world. Thank I mean, you, Dave. Yeah. I, hey, Dave, I appreciate that, Dave. Yeah, so he gonna, he's going to get a big head now. <laughs> 
no, I mean, and also uh, some of the biggest divas in the world. That right? is true. You accept that? I accept you that as well. You are not a diva, though. I just want to make everybody <laughs> know, our listeners know, that Bump is not a diva. But, no, I mean, look, you're out there. This is why corners get paid ridiculous amounts of money, like Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey, because you're out there covering some of the best athletes in the world as far as they can run, they're big, they're strong. They're guys like DK Metcalf and Julio Jones. So, you know, that's uh, – I think that the big problem is how much do you pay attention to him? Yeah. You know, and I'm sure he's had a lot of games where he's kind of been the decoy and other – and this is why he doesn't have a lot of touchdowns. I mean, he's only got six touchdowns per year. And if you look at the number of – you know the yardage that he's amassed over the years. It's it's not it's not the same. It's not where it should be as far as touchdowns go. But he just draws lots of attention. So that guy is, uh, and he's always been a good guy. The thing I really liked about him last year was after the Seahawks played them, they were one and seven, and he kind of gave a big impassioned speech about you know Dan Quinn and kind of helped save his job. Yeah. You know, and I think Julio Jones, when he speaks in that locker room, and I think the ownership and everything, they hear him. And so, you know, I think that was one of the cooler things that he did. And I thought, because we all love Dan Quinn, he's a good man, but, you know, that was uh, that was cool of what he did. So that's that's just one of the, the better players right there in the NFL of, you know, at any position. Yeah, I broke down film of Julio. He can catch a screen and take it to the house. He can run the goal ball. He can run across the middle. He moves into the slot. He creates mismatches. He can run the short stuff. Everything you ask a receiver to do, he can do. And he does it at a high level except score touchdowns. But that allows everyone else around them, him to eat a bit. So yeah. I understand. I'm, and he's, he's selfless. You hear about his work ethic. He's humble. All the things you want in a player is what you hear about Julio Jones. So it's nice to hear that a guy at – his superstar level remains humble and works his butt off. So now, what Todd Gurley do we see? Do we see the 2019 Todd Gurley? Do we see the guy who was an MVP candidate, who who led this team to a Super Bowl? Um, I don't know, Dave. And here's a clip of what he did last year. From their own 43, Goff under center. Wouldn't be a bit surprised to see Gurley get the ball here. Slot to the near side, and Gurley does get it. Goes left side. Has some running room, and he's going to go for the first down. He's going to go all the way for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? 57 yards on a third down and 20, and Todd Gurley to the house. Dave, I remember that play. Third down and 20, and he takes it to the house. That is the danger that Todd Gurley presents. Now, are we going to see that Todd Gurley? And there's something about guys going to a different team that rejuvenates you. You know about that. What, what's it like going to a different team? Does, does it get you going? I mean, what's the mentality of a player? Well, I mean, you feel like the team before you, I mean, your old team kind of kicked you to the curb. Yeah. And you want to prove everybody wrong. So, you know, how about Rabel calling that? He goes, I wouldn't be surprised to see Gurley get it. And then off he Boom. goes for a touchdown. But, yeah, I mean, it, it, he, there's kind of two different versions of Todd Gurley. So, to answer your question, man, I, I don't. I don't know which one we're going to get. That's the big mystery. And I talked to two people now uh, from Atlanta, and they they both said that's what all they've been talking about there. Yeah. Right. We're talking about let Russell Cook here. They're talking about which version of Todd Gurley are we going to see. So, you know, I I just fear that it's going to be the the good version. And but <laughs> I, I'm just hoping that uh, you know. A big problem for the the Seahawks last year was run defense, and we haven't talked a lot about that because it was a lack of sacks and things like that, but run defense suffered a little bit last year, so that's going to be a, a challenge for them if he's back to being that kind of guy. The thing is, you know, I think 
in camp, you rest a guy, you're probably going to see the good version of him because Orlando Ledbitter told us that, look, he's he's resting, you know, and when he's well-rested, he's okay. I think what happens is he starts to get broken down a little bit, but in week one, I'm sure they took really good care of him, and it's, it's going to be tough because, you know, the Seahawks know this better than anybody. That guy can he can do everything, catch the ball out of the backfield, He's a really a good receiver, but he's also a really good running back. So they're going to have to be on it. That's one of the most fascinating things about week one. The first thing is everybody's healthy for the most part. Yeah. You get dinged up in camp. It's, but especially this training camp, they take care of guys. And two, you have so much time to prepare for a team that they're going to have to dig into their archives to throw something at you that you not, you're not really ready for it, you know. So uh, I appreciate that about week one. I'm interested to see what the tackling looks like. You're going to try to tackle a guy like Todd Gurley and Julio Jones. You haven't gotten these live reps. What special teams going to look like? So there are some questions there, but I appreciate week one because for the most part, everybody is fresh. So now they picked up a guy, Dante Fowler from the Rams, who had 11 and a half sacks last year and did not make the Pro Bowl, which kind of leaves me scratching my head a bit. But he's going to be a problem. They had 28 sacks last year, bottom of the league with the Seahawks and the Detroit Lions. So they're trying to get better there. Here's a clip of Dante Fowler. Russell looks at the blitz, steps up, avoids it, gets hit again. Now he's going to go down just across the 40-yard line. It's Dante Fowler Jr. who finally gets to him, and that's a coverage sack because Russ had about a split second to look and see, and there was just nobody there. And now clock is going to tick down. Russ is not going to try to stop it. Dave, when I look at film of Dante Fowler, I see a guy who's not really explosive, but he's long, and he just keeps getting at you, keeps getting at you, never gives up. What do you like about this dude? Well, I liked him when he was in Jacksonville, and he is just uh, he, he's one of those good, talented edge rushers that I just hope he's lined up across from Dwayne Brown. You know, <laughs> I mean, and look, we'll see with Brandon Shell. I mean, I've heard really good things about him. He's really long, so, you know, that's that's good, and he's looked really good in practice. But, yeah, I thought, I've always thought Fowler's kind of an underrated, and certainly he was last year, 11 and a half sacks and didn't make it to the Pro Bowl. But, yeah, that was a good pickup for them. So, look, it's – you know, I think everybody thinks that our offensive line is just going to be totally out of sorts. You've got a bunch of veterans out there. Other, other than the rookie, you've got guys that have experience, yep. and they have played NFL football now. It's going to be tough with the, the fits as far as in the running game and, and things like that. But, but also, you know, that Russ has an ability to, to avoid pass rush, unlike, I, I think, any other quarterback in the league. So. But, uh, yeah, there's a couple of challenges. And that's the thing. It's funny when you go and you think, hey, you should beat this team, right? Yep. And then you start digging into their roster, and you're like, this guy's good, that guy's good, <laughs> this guy's good. So, yeah, there you go. Dante Fowler is going to be – he's going to be him and Grady Jarrett up top, I th- up top uh, in the front of that defense. I think they're going to be the two probably biggest problems they have. Well, Dave told me once upon a time, he says, everyone is good in the NFL. You just got to have the right combination. So we'll see if the Atlanta – Hawks have the right combinations. All right, coming up, why is Jadavion Clowney no longer a Seahawk? I'll get Dave's thoughts as we go around the NFL coming up next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. You're listening to Hawks Live from VMAC. I'm Michael Bumpus along with my guy Dave Wyman. Every Thursday, 7 o'clock, we are here on ESPN 710. So, Dave, now we go around the NFL. And let's just get this out the way. Clowney, 
going to Tennessee. What are your thoughts on that? We don't have to talk about him anymore. Boom. <laughs> no, you know what's going to happen? We're going to talk about him if he gets like 15 sacks, of course. Yeah, yeah. That's going to come up. Because what, what's his high? Like nine, eight, something like that? I think it's eight or nine. You know, he had three last year. So, you know, that, that whole thing was really weird. I just thought the way they ended that, that it was going to be, you know, he's, he wants to come back here. He wants to be with a winner. I think the, the Seahawks appreciated that he played through an injury, played through his you know, sports hernia, and all the all of his teammates liked him. And I just thought it was going to be one of those things they could work out and just couldn't. So it seems like he could have he could have done a little bit better. I, I feel kind of bad for Jadavian Clowney because with now he signed a one-year deal with Tennessee. Now they got a chance. Look, that's a good team, well coached. He likes Mike Vrabel, the head coach. But, you know, next year the salary cap may go down. And so for a guy like that, it may actually, you know, hurt him. He may get, like, some bad luck that there's not money available. And so it's just, you know, it's funny how some guys get paid based on a really, you know, the timing yep. of, you know, what's happened. And, you know, one of the guys I've looked at, like Matthew Stafford, like he, he got drafted. Right before. Right before mm-hmm. they put the salary cap on the rookie guys. What, do you get, like $50 million guaranteed, yeah. something crazy like that? Right. And so and then now, you know, he's reaping the benefits of the new CBA and everything. And then some guys get unlucky, and I think Jadavian Clowney falls in that category. He does. And I want to remind people, I'm like, yes, it would be lovely to have him on this team, but end of the day, this is a business. And – Sometimes business deals don't go the way you want it to. Sometimes they go better than you think. Sometimes they go worse than you think. And he put himself in a position to where he felt like he had leverage, so he held out. And unfortunately, it didn't work out the way he wanted to. It didn't work out the way the Hawks wanted to. But he's employed. He's got a one-year deal, and he'll have a chance to make more money along the line. We'll see what happens with Jadavian Clowney. All right, so now the real question, Dave. Now, the Hawks have had a chance to win this division a couple years and fell short. Is this the year? Have they done enough to be better than the San Francisco 49ers and win this division? Well, I, I think so. And, you know, the other day I was doing my, my prediction. I have them at 13-3. and three. Okay. And I, I don't think I've ever predicted the Seahawks to be that high. Now, maybe it's because I'm cooped up in my house because of COVID-19 <laughs> and I'm going crazy. But the things that I'm seeing out on the field, and, you know, I'd ask you this, you know, and pose this question to Seahawks fans. I mean, would you take Jadavian Clowney or, or Jamal Adams? So, to me, I mean, it, it's clear to me, Jamal Adams. Yeah, I'll probably go Jamal. Yeah, the safety the safety play in this defense is really important. We saw that last year firsthand with Quandre Diggs. We talked to him today on the huddle. I love Quandre Diggs. Yeah. You know, we he, we brought up the weather up here. He goes, yeah, it's gloomy, but so am I. <laughs> I I'm gloomy. I like it. I love that about him. But, yeah, also he's bringing back the word dope. Dope. That's back from the 90s. Yeah. Man, back when I thought I was cool. Yeah, so he, he said it's dope up here. But, you know, I, I love the way that, I mean, he proved that, look, once the safety play improved that we started getting turnovers and you know the corners felt better and everything so jamal adams and and don't sleep on quandary Diggs. i mean he may end up having just as good of a year as as jamal adams but yeah i, I will take him 
I will take safety play over pass rush anytime. This defense here in Seattle over the years has not been about ridiculous sack totals. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Pittsburgh, they'll get 55 in the high 50s sometimes. I mean, Buffalo, I remember one year they had like 58 sacks. I mean, the Seahawks are always about 40, but it's about takeaways. And that's the most important thing yeah. in playing defense. That's the point. It's not to stop the other team and make a punt. It's to take the ball away. And so during the a stretch where Quandre Diggs came in and played really well, they had 16 of their 32 takeaways in a five-game stretch where he was playing well, and he was a big part of all of those. So that, that to me, is is the big thing, and that, that kind of puts the whole clowny thing to rest for me. But it also makes me really positive and, and think that this defense is going to be much improved. And this was the number nine offense scoring-wise last year. Yep. If they can just stay healthy, bump uh, – that's the thing I think killed him. Disley and Carson, those two players, can you imagine if they had those guys late in the season? Disley, Carson, Michael Kendricks was banged up later on in the season. Yeah. Yeah, there are a lot. And I think that if they are 100% healthy, which how many teams are that late in the season, um, I think they have a chance. So we focus on the Northwest. Let's go to the Northeast. Now, this is a interesting relationship to me. Cam Newton and, B- and Bill Belichick. I'm, I'm like, how is this going to work? Cam is just the complete opposite of Bill. I've seen video of him dancing at practice. I'm like, does, does Bill even allow dancing at practice? Like, what's going on here? How do you think that relationship is going to work? My opinion, I think that Cam is going to give Bill something he needs and Bill is going to give Cam something he needs. I think we're going to find out a lot about both of those guys. You know, and I've, I've been somewhat critical of Cam Newton, not his skills, but just sort of his leadership. Yeah. I, I feel like he's been kind of a powder at times. So, and then, you know, I think with Belichick, and we heard it from Philip Dorsett earlier that, you know, he's not as bad as everybody thinks, Bill Belichick. So, but I saw that same thing. I thought it was so <laughs> funny because, you know, you see a picture of Bill Belichick scowling with his cutoff, you know, hoodie, and then you see Cam Newton doing some weird dance during stretching or whatever. So, but I, I think they're. It sounds like they're gonna they're gonna get along, and we're gonna see we're gonna see them in week two. I think it'll be really interesting to see. And not only that, but also what Brady does down in Tampa. Yes, you know what? What do you think is more interesting, Brady in Tampa oh, or man. Belichick with Cam Newton in New England? Man, I. I... I got to go with Belichick with Cam because Belichick had probably the most straight edge square. I'm going to wear this certain type of pajamas. I'm going to eat this. Like just he had just a different type of dude to where I feel like Cam Newton is more of a modern type quarterback to where he has different interests. You know, I I don't think Cam's on the golf course. You know, I don't think he's at the country club for lunch. So Bill's going to be exposed to some different things. I think when Tom goes to Tampa Bay, everyone conforms to Tom, to whereas Bill and Cam have to kind of mesh to make this thing work. So I I don't know. What do you you think? What's more – What's more interesting to you? I want to see if Brady is really that great. I like that. Yeah, because, I mean, he's got some weapons down there. I like certain pieces on their defense. I mean, I I think it's overblown thinking that they're all of a sudden going to go to the Super Bowl just because Tom Brady showed up. But I think that's that's pretty interesting. Look, Bill Belichick, I read his book, Education of a Coach. 
I would recommend it. It was written by David Halberstam, and it, it's a really well done. And it, it'll make you like Bill Belichick. It'll actually make you like him. So, yeah, that that that's a good story, though. And, that, and we're going to get a you – know, we're not playing Tampa this year, but we're going to get New England and see what that's like in uh, – is it week two or three? I think they come here. Week two. Come back in week two. Yeah, first home game. All right, real quick, MVP. Is Russell in the running? Does he get a vote this year? He's never gotten a vote. How do you feel about Russ and MVP? Well, I just don't think he's made for that. Like all of these records that we talk about, Russ is a lifetime achievement guy. I mean, he's going to go <laughs> in the pro, uh, the pro Football Hall of Fame. Yeah. He is one of those guys that you're going to look back and go, my gosh, look at the wins, look at what he has done. And that really is all that matters to him. But I'm not sure if he's going to be able to put up the flashy numbers. Yeah. So, I mean, he can, but I don't think they're going to do it in this offense. But I like at least that people in the national sense are starting to recognize it. Mm-hmm. A little bitter about the fact that they didn't notice it until <laughs> now, and now they're jumping on the bandwagon. But at least they're not saying he's too short anymore, so which was just ridiculous. But, yeah, I, I, I feel like he's – I don't think that's his destiny. I don't think he's destined for that, but he's destined for wins. He's destined for wins. All right, coming up next, we'll give you our final thoughts and the Seahawks' keys to victory right here on Hawks Live. Michael Bumpus, Dave Wyman. Hawks Live, every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Hawks Live from VMAC. I'm Michael Bumbus along with Dave Wyman. Every Thursday we're here on ESPN 710 at 7. It's the first weekday. This is really happening. So I'm so excited. I was close to thinking, thinking that this wasn't going to happen, that the football season might not happen. But we're here. We're ready to go. So, Final thoughts. What do the Hawks need to do to get this win on Sunday? Me, I think the Falcons averaged 85 yards rushing last year. You add Todd Gurley, they're probably going to exceed that this year. I think if you keep Todd Gurley under 100 and keep Julio Jones around 100, you have a legit chance to win this game. What do you think? Yeah, that's a good – I mean, look, on defense, you always, you always start with stop the run first. Yeah. You know, so – but – yeah, I just uh, – it, it's going to be so – I, I keep sitting here checking myself going, am I just buying into the hype or just what I've seen? And is it because I've only watched the Seahawk practices and I haven't seen? But I just – I really like this roster. I really like who they, they have gone and, and gotten. And I, just kudos to Schneider for, you know, making the, the moves that he has to get a guy like Jamal Adams in. Yeah. And I never even thought about a move like that. Jake Heaps is actually the guy that brought it up, you know. That, he brought hey, up the Jamal Adams trade. Yeah. Wow. Absolutely. He was like, yeah, I guess he's he's not happy there. And, and you know how guys are now. I mean, they some of them are friends, and, you know, they're texting each other and everything. So I, I'm really excited for this season. I, like I said, I, on the – you know, it's funny. The other day, I predicted they were going to be thirteen and three, and uh, every show was like, "Listen to what Wyman said." Like I'm a crazy man or something. Maybe I am. <laughs> Maybe I am. But usually, I'm pretty conservative and think, "Hey, hopefully, on the upside, they can be that." But I just, I, I feel like it's funny. We put together a top twenty. Uh, who are the the top twenty Seahawks this year? Mm-hmm. And I went, you know, with I went with 
of course, Russell yep. is number one. I put Jamal Adams as number two. And usually I would put Bobby Wagner there. Really? You put Jamal at two? Yeah, and I put Bobby at three. But number four was Chris Carson, and number five was Will Disley. So those two guys I think are were so important last year. So think about this, man. Last year with a decimated running back core and no real tight – I mean, the tight end situation wasn't great. You had – Hollister, who came in and did well, did yep. really well, but he's yep. more like a receiver yeah, than, than anything. They were one foot away from winning the NFC West. So, and that's the team that went to the Super Bowl, the Niners. So, you know, I feel like they match up well against the 49ers. It's going to be health, health on the offensive side and then defensive side. Uh, Jamal Adams being what we've seen out here at practice. I'm telling you, Bump, I have never <laughs> seen a guy practice better. That Jamal Adams. Wow. Never seen it. I mean, and the thing I love about it, too, is they're going through. They're not tackling to the ground. But when he gets back there and, you know, touches a guy like, I, I'm going to tackle you, he makes sure everybody knows about it. And he's <laughs> yelling and screaming, and he's creating lots of uh, lots of uh, juice out there. So uh, I I just think they're going to be much improved from last year. They were 11-5 and five last year. That's, that's what gets me. Like, I look at this team. They are definitely better than last year's right. team. And that team was 11-5 and five with all the injuries, with all the things they went yeah. through. They were 11-5. and five. So everything in me wants to agree with you and say 13. But I'm going to go safe and say 12 wins. I'm going to say 12 wins. <laughs> that's I'm, still I'm, pretty I'm, good, though. Right? 100. 12 wins. That's it, getting you in the playoffs. It, it gets you in the playoffs. It might win the division. I think they're getting better. They're, I think they're better than the 49ers on paper right now. Yeah. But the thing is, paper is paper. Paper doesn't line up and, and play ball games. You still have to go out there and get it done. Um, I think for them to go down to Atlanta, they have to become a tight team. I think they already are a tight team. But the tightest teams, the tightest organizations, I feel, are going to have the most success this year because you can't feed off the crowd. It's really you and yours against them and theirs. And I will take the Seahawks against anybody when that's the situation, especially because you look at these guys, they love being out here. I've been in training camps. uh, We were 4-12 and when I played, and no one liked being out in training camp. No one liked hanging out. You had two or three guys who hung out. But these guys, it's just a different feel out here. It feels like a winning team. Right. Well, and the other thing, too, is I don't know if you got this uh, that feeling, but when you win on the road, yeah. that's like that's a bonding moment. Because mm-hmm. not only, you know. That plane ride home. Woo. Oh, isn't it great? Yeah. Not only that, you, you spend time on the bus with your guys. You spend time on the plane. Like a home win, everybody splits and goes their different ways, yep. right? Yep. And maybe a few guys get together. But that's the thing I love about the road win. So this would, would really help sort of all these guys plus you know they've been through some stuff this year you know they had the practice that they sat out of and they had a a big meeting about that i feel like they've they've really come together as a team and uh and you listen to guys like philip dorsett who we talked to tonight you know they, they feel like this is a really good close team that stuff matters it does it totally does because if you care about your teammates and care about them more than you care about yourself it, it's going to work for you so I think a lot of people think it's corny. You know, okay, can the guy run a 40? Can he do this and that? But if you have guys that are close and care about each other, that makes a huge difference. So It's the, real. It's a Yeah, it's a well-put-together team from that regard, too. I would, I would encourage people to think about your four best friends. When you guys get together, it just flows, right? Every, everything's good. It's in motion. You're bringing a, someone else into the group. Uh, it, it, it still flows a bit, but it's a little off. Yeah. And, and that's the feeling that these guys have right now is that 
everyone's together, and it flows, and they're talented. I'm sure there are close teams who are garbage, who just aren't very good teams, but they're close. Hey, I was on a 2-14 and 14 team. We were really, really close. <laughs> but you have to be talented when yeah. you add the talent to the closeness, and then you have Pete Carroll leading the charge. I mean, he is one of the most player coaches I've ever been around. Now, when I was in high school, I committed to USC just because of Pete Carroll and the way he treated his players. Ended up going to Wazoo, but his relationship with his players alone made me believe in what he was doing. So I think they're heading on the right track. I think it's going to be nice. Now, they've only won one game on the road for a home opener under Pete Carroll. So there's another challenge. Are they talking about that in the locker room, do you think? Well, I don't see how. Just because, you know, last year, I mean, they were 7-1 and one on the road last year. The only game they lost was one of the shorter trips. It was down to L.A. And uh, so that, that became kind of a thing last year. Like, they got kind of a chip on their shoulder about that. And then, you know, when you talk about that, like, I was in Denver. I mean, they could have won that game, you know, when in 2018. Yeah. I mean, those are just things that get said that's not a real thing i'm sorry you know you haven't won this many you know you could easily say well they're due to win one i mean come on that that kind of stuff every team has a totally different feel a different personality and i feel like this team's going to have a really good vibe i feel like everybody gets together everything you talk to it's a good group of guys they want to win i mean look at their leader Russell Wilson, we're talking about MVP and all that stuff. Yeah. He doesn't care about that. He really doesn't. You think he doesn't care about I, it? I really do. I really do. You don't I'll, think he he, he lays think, down, pillow talk with wifey, and say, baby, I want this MVP? I, don't, I really don't think so. I think he's like, that would be nice, but I want to win. Yeah. And I try to trip him up all the time, Russell, and I'm always like, dang it, I thought I would get him this time. Like, Russ, what's the most important thing to you? You know, you know lack of interceptions. I mean, try to distract him yeah. a little bit. He's like, I want to win. I'm like, okay, I believe you, man. And it's not phony. It's definitely not. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things. Yeah, that would be nice. Mm -hmm. And I I like getting respect and everything. But you know this, Michael. NFL players, I was this way too. You like being disrespected. I want to be disrespected. When I went to Denver, people were talking about, oh, what are you? You're from Seattle. Who are you? And I was getting some, you know, heat from guys and from the the paper. I'm like, okay, go ahead. Go ahead and underestimate me. (laughs) So I I just think, yeah, I I hope that 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 continues to just motivate Russ. And, you know, that's not what he's about. He is all about um, winning. And, you know, I just feel like what I've seen, there's no doubt in my mind that if this defense had stopped Green Bay last year, yep. it probably would have had to been like a 75-yard play or a drive. I, I feel like Russ was going to drive the ball down the field and win that game for us. Yeah. If, um, he, if he had the opportunity, I don't think there's any doubt. Nope. And, that's, and that's tough to say. No. Nope. I believe you. I believe you, Dave. Well, hey, All right. week one, Let's first go. session is in the books. I'm Michael Bumpus. That's Dave Wyman. Big ups to our producer, Nasa Chobie. Matt Harden working the board. Thank you, Orlando Ledbetter, for joining us. John Clayton as well. This is Hawks Live. We're just getting started. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you guys next week, Thursday, 7 o'clock. Tune in. We'll be here. Have a great one. Hawks Live. Every Thursday from 7 to 9, live on air on 710 ESPN Seattle. Download the 710 Sports app to get breaking news notifications on the Hawks and read the latest analysis on the Hawks at 710sports.com.